Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning. It's good to see you guys all here this morning. Last week, someone pointed out that I forgot my chili cheese fries illustration. Did anyone else catch that? I know. I, they, I actually got a text saying something about chili cheese fries, and I thought, oh, man, you guys are listening. I got to think. And I, I replaced it with a coffee illustration because I had both in my mind, and I had both written down. And so I should have stayed with the chili cheese fries because those stay with you longer, right? I mean, they do with me. But... I'm thankful that, you know, listening, it was kind of fun to have someone tell me, hey, you know, chili cheese fries? Uh, And it's like, yeah, I forgot about that one. Um, Some of these, as I'm going through them, are very, uh, I feel very passionate about, right? Some of the things I'm reading, I'm like, yes, this one resonates with me, and it's something that I can just really take and run with. And then some of them, not so much. And what I'm finding out is the ones that don't resonate with me are the ones that I really need to work on. They're the ones that really confront me. It's like, yeah, this thing doesn't do anything for me. It's that's because you're not really doing anything with it. And so sometimes I find that the things that I struggle with are really the things that I need to struggle through. And I hope that that's the case for you as well. This morning, we're going to talk about Mr. Rogers, Making Soup, Haiti and NGOs, and Easter egg hunts. All right, you guys ready? Turn with me to Jeremiah 29. It's a passage that we've looked at once before, and we are here again to talk about a few points that are made in this passage. Jeremiah 29, we're going to read verses 4 through 7. Jeremiah writes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is a passage that helps us to understand that God wants to work in our lives 
where we are at. Even when they are in Babylon in exile, God tells them, you prosper where you're at. Help the city prosper because that's how you will prosper. He says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city. Now, back in 2018, there was a documentary called Won't You Be My Neighbor. Did any of you see that about Mr. Rogers? Did any of you who saw it cry? Did you guys cry like, oh my gosh, right? It's just like, it was very moving, you know, and you're thinking about Mr. Rogers and moving because he was just so Mr. Rogers-like, right? But Mr. Rogers, throughout his, I don't know, what you'd call a career, you know, on screen as Mr. Rogers connected with so many people throughout the years. And he did it in a way by just kind of stepping into their lives and wanting to be your neighbor, right? Want to be your neighbor. I mean, that was kind of the idea. I mean, Fred Rogers was a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh Uh, He was also a graduate school of child development, as well as Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. He was a Presbyterian minister, and he had a way of talking about important things with kids in a way that was disarming. He would touch on hot topics of the day in a way that just made the kids feel comfortable, right? One of the things that he said was, love is at the root of everything, love or the lack of it. And in this episode of Mr. Rogers, they were cooling off their feet in this swimming pool, but at that time, there was such racial tension in our countries that blacks and whites could not swim together in the public pools, that there was time set aside for the different races. And so what did Mr. Rogers do? He got one of the guys there, and they put their feet in the swimming pool, and they talked about them being friends being neighbors, right? And how do you argue with this guy, right? I mean, it's just like, it's Mr. Rogers for crying out loud. He just had a way of stepping in and saying, look at how things are. I know you might be afraid or I might know you're in a family that's divided. Yeah, those things are difficult. And he was there for so many And this idea of being a neighbor is really something that's important. It's something that is there in Scripture where Jesus says we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. Well, it says that all throughout Scripture, right? But most of us think of our neighborhoods or the cities where we live in as just that, a place where we live and we hope for, you know, a safe place. We hope for a peaceful place, a crime-free community with good schools, nice parks, employment opportunities, nice art and entertainment venues. We, We think of it as a place where we can enjoy our lives, but we should have a little bit more in mind. I know we have even neighborhood apps, right, where we can know what's happening, 
Last week, there was that shooting, right? And they shut off the whole neighborhood, right? And you can find out what's happening in the neighborhood. Did they catch the guys? You know, and it's fun to see some people who actually are here who post in those things. It's like, oh, that's interesting. And, and this is kind of our idea of a neighborhood, but a missional community views a community different. We don't just look at it as a place where we live and a place where we want to enjoy our life. It's definitely that. But we are to be people who don't only care about where we live, but own a responsibility for where we live. See ourselves as an important part of how things function in the city, in the neighborhood where we live. And this means we have to open our eyes to the places that we frequent. We have to be more aware, maybe, of where we go, the people that we contact, the street we live on, the people that we are in contact with. And I think the reason that this struck me so hard, or I just didn't feel like, man, I have a passion for this, is because this is an area that I really lack in. Right? This is an area where I'm not your most, I don't want to say I'm not friendly. I'm a friendly enough guy, right? I'm just not an outgoing guy. I'm not a guy who wants to go to the neighbor and borrow a cup of sugar. I'll go to the store, right? It's like, I'll go to the store and I hope my neighbor will do the same, right? It's like, don't come, don't come to me for sugar. Who knows where it's at, you know, and who knows what I'm going to give you. And, and, you know, what if I pour it and there's clumps? I, you know, I just, all these things, fears come in my mind. And so this is where I struggle. Not that I don't want to be friendly. It's that I don't like to be outgoing. I, I don't like to push these areas because it becomes a little bit uncomfortable for me. And I think it's interesting how God moves throughout history, how, how God moved upon a man, Abraham, and then on a nation of Israel. And he moved upon a small nation to affect a majority, the minority affecting the majority. And that seems to be how God works. It seems to be what Jesus is talking about. The least of you will be the greatest. The first will be last. All these ideas are, we start here at what is low at at the bottom, and I'm going to build my way up from that. And as a people who are to be a sent people, right? That's the idea of being missional. We're people who are being sent. We should ask ourselves some questions about where we live, about our neighborhoods. And here's some of the questions I want to ask us. How would a missionary live on my street? The idea of a missionary, a person who goes maybe to some foreign country and is trying to bring this good news to the people in this place, how would a missionary live on your street, on my street? How would they see things? What would he or she notice is missing here? Is there a lack of something for the kids in the neighborhood? Is there a lack of maybe uh, awareness of who the neighbors are? We had a blackout a while back and one of our neighbors came up and he goes, you know what, man? He's really animated. It's like, man, we got to get to know each other. I mean, I know, you know, there's a widow over here and if something happens, we got to like get together. And he's pretty intense, right? I was like, yeah. 
yeah, let's do that. You know, I'm like, I was all happy for that. But he was aware that there was something needing to be done if there was an emergency in our neighborhood. And good job, buddy. Right? Are we aware of that? Because I wasn't. I was aware I needed batteries in some of the lights, right? That's what I was aware of. And I was very much focused on my place. Who are the marginalized and hurting? Are there people who are struggling? People who are maybe shut in, who need medical attention. Are we aware of them? What ways would my neighborhood be different if God's kingdom came here as it is in heaven? And so now we are thinking about this in a comparative way. What is the kingdom of heaven to look like? And is it looking like that here where I live? Do we have that interaction with the people around us? What would good news be for my neighbors right here, right now? Because that's what the gospel is. Remember, we talked about this last week. The good news of the kingdom of God is that it is here. It is present. This is what is good news. How can I bring that good news to my neighborhood, my work, my school, my Starbucks right here, right now? I like the way I say my Starbucks as if it belongs to me. How can I bring that reality into the places where I live and frequent with the people I contact on a regular basis? Because we tend to think of big things, right? I have to do something grand, but little things can mean a lot. Small things of kindness can develop a lot of small things, a lot of loving action by a large group of people can have a rippling effect that make a significant difference where we live. If all of us did little things to help the people around us, it would start to grow, which again is how God seems to move. As many of you know, my mom has been taking treatments, had had treatments for the cancer, and pray for her tomorrow. We get the CT scan to see how all the chemo and radiation worked, plus the new uh, medication that she's on. And, and through this time, her neighbor knew that she was battling the cancer, started bringing her food. She made food for her family, and then she just came to my mom and said, would you guys like some soup? I have some soup. And so she made soup and brought it to my mom and to the family. And it was just, a, I mean, my mom told me about it. It's like, oh, she's been so nice to me. She's been really just great. And she's telling me about these things. It was a little thing. But it's a very touching thing, right? It's like here I am in this situation and someone cared enough to make me soup and bring it to me. And it has an effect on us. It helps us to draw close to those people because now we remember them. One of my neighbors got in an automobile accident a while back. And I remember hearing about it and it was a pretty serious accident. And so me and one of my boys got in the car and went to the hospital to see how he was doing, right? 
and he still has a limp from the accident. He got thrown from the car. There's a couple people in the accident. But we went there and talked to his parents and found out he was okay, but, you know, it was pretty serious. He's going to make it, and everything's going to be okay, but he's going to have a limp. To this day, guy waves hi to me, right? It's like, hey, it's like, and, and he's pretty, I mean, he's kind of in a motorcycle gang, and, you know, it's not the kind of person you usually hang, I usually hang out, I don't know about you, you know, but they'll be, boom, 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 all the gang, and there they are all parked out there and all sitting on their bikes, and I drive by, and he waves to me, all right? And, of course, I wave back because I don't want any trouble. Yeah, you're my friend, buddy. But, you see, he's important to God. He has to be important to me, important enough to go to the hospital and say hello. You okay? Do you even know if someone's in the hospital? Right? Because these are the things that challenge us. Frank LeBach said, The simple program of Christ for winning the whole world is to make each person he touches magnetic enough with love to draw others. Jesus' followers and faithful churches are cities on hills and lights in the midst of darkness, even though people in the surrounding neighborhoods may or may not join churches, they will have no choice but to see these Christians and churches as essential components of the health and hope of their communities. Now, when I read that, I just felt like, oh, that is so much what I want us to be. Right? Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I want to be this kind of community. I want to be a community that if Genesis was not in it, the city would miss us. Right? And I start thinking, okay, how can we do that? Well, how can I do that in the neighborhood first where I live? Before I think, yes, we're going to do this. How can I do that? I mean, it always means something to me when we get a, a card from Healthy Start thanking us, right, for the children that we help at Christmas and the times that we've done. It's always like, yes, it's nice to, to know that they see us doing something, but what if that happened more? What if that was more prevalent in my life, in your life, in, in how we conduct ourselves in our communities and the places where we frequent it's important that people understand that we care, right? You don't have to agree with us to be with us. You don't have to believe to belong. But the light of what we do should be seen by all. Because the way a church grows isn't by getting people to join a church. It is by being a light that people want to participate in. It's that magnetic love that draws people back to themselves. And that's how it needs to be. Because so many times I think we have to have a program that's going to do all these things. But really it's more about people than it is about programs. 
Right? You, you have countries that are struggling, like in Haiti. And the help that goes out to Haiti, there are so many NGOs, that's national or non-governmental organizations, right? And they're so needed in a time like when there's an earthquake or there's a hurricane and there's disaster. But then there develops a dependency on these non-government organizations. And then some of them start making money on the people, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that go on. But what happens is it actually cripples a country, not just in Haiti, but other countries too, if they're dependent on things that not are not a part of who they are. Because it never builds the infrastructure. It never develops so that they can stand on their own. And so what needs to happen is there needs to be a partnering with the people. Because if you start an organization to help people who are in need, if your focus is only on the need, 10 years later, there will still be need and it really won't have changed. But if instead you focus on people and developing the relationships with the people and helping the people then things can start to change. You know, the organizations, people welcome them. They're they're happy to have people from outside come in, but that's what they are, is people who are from the outside. But if you start, on the other hand, to focus on the people, develop relationships, empower those relationships, the work so much that we're doing, it will be slower. It will look less impressive but it'll last longer. And that's the hard thing, right? Is we want it to look like something. We want to see results now, and it's very frustrating to put so much time and to see it grow so slowly, but that's the only work that lasts. And it starts relationally. It starts with communication with people. It starts with caring with people. It starts in investing with people. And it pays incredible dividends. I know the last trip to Haiti when Denise and Michael were there and there was some turmoil taking place in the country and there were some roadblocks and things like that, the way they got past them was because of the relationships they had with the people there in Haiti. The locals who knew how to navigate those things, knew how to talk to the people. Who knows what they said? They stood out the car and, hey, you know, and they laughed and they talked and they whatever, and then they drove through, right? I know they probably paid some money too, right? Those, that's just the way it works. But boy, what would happen if I was just out there, a part of an organization? I need to pass. You know, here's my card. Here's my credentials. It's not going to fly. The relationships. Develop And those relationships are how you decide what's the best place to move forward. Well, what's happening in our communities in developing these kinds of relationships? And what's available out there in these communities, in your neighborhood? What is the potential that's there? When I was younger, we used to have Easter egg hunts in our front yard. And it'd be my cousins and me would all go out after eating one of our meals. There'd be like three of the meals throughout the day, right? And we'd go out there and my grandfather and my mom and aunts and everybody would hide these Easter eggs. 
And there was a bunch of them. And you never know what you're going to get. And some of them, there was candy. I remember finding some Easter eggs years later. It's like, whoa, okay, that one, we missed that one. But there would be candy in some, and then there would be loose change in some. And then every now and then, you'd get one, and there would be a dollar bill. All right? Now, this is back when a dollar was like $1,000, right? Especially when you're a kid. It was just, that was the gold mine. I found the egg that had a dollar in it. And, and you never knew what you were going to get, right? Until you opened it up. And so you'd get one and it's like, oh, it's just chocolate. You know, you'd kind of be looking for that dollar, but then you'd be eating the chocolate while you're getting the other egg. Oh, I got 30 cents, you know, and it was random, the money. Sometimes there'd be pennies. I know he just put, you know, his hand in the jar and filled it up, but then you'd get the one and it's like, this is a dollar. I got it. And then you'd be jealous and you'd get mad at your cousin if they got it. It's just kind of how things work. But you never knew what you were going to find in the eggs. This was not the focus of our time together. It was just a part of it, right? There was the food, and it was amazing food. Started off with frittata in the morning. If you haven't had frittata, I'm sorry. You just got to find it somewhere. It's like an Italian breakfast quiche, and there's sausage and egg and asparagus, and it's amazing, right? And that would be the morning. We'd go there for the whole day, and we'd start off with this amazing frittata, and then we'd have time where there'd always be political discussion just because that's how our family was, right? And then there'd be Easter egg hunts, and then there would be dinner. And so the egg wasn't the whole thing. It was just part of it, but it's something that I remember to this day, and they all made up our time together of what I remember Easter was as a young boy and our family together. Later on, there was trips to the Hollywood Bowl for the sunrise service. That was my religious memory, and that was horrific because it was freezing and it was in a foreign language, right? He was like in Latin, and I'm like, what the heck is this about, right? And let's go get the frittata, can we? You know, let's get back to the Easter eggs and the stuff. You know, the whole idea of Easter as a kid was different than it is today, for me anyway. The church is not the kingdom of God. It is an instrument within the kingdom of God. Just like those eggs weren't what Easter was about, it was just part of my Easter celebration. We need to understand our role as serving something more. It's serving something bigger. It's to be God's tangible expression of how God feels about the world that we live in. And it starts with me and you. It starts with our neighbors. It starts with the people in close proximity to us. We can become overwhelmed with our lack of, and you can fill in the blanks, I I don't know how to answer questions. What if someone asks me about my faith and it's something I don't know? They start talking to me about evolution or creation or it moves into this place, you know, that I don't know how to answer. And we can get so worried about the things that we don't have the answers for, the things that we don't have solutions about. But you see, that's what's great about a community. I don't have to have all the answers. 
I don't have to be the dollar bill. I could be just some candy. And that was pretty good. And I know that there are people here, and there are some people I, I won't mention names because they're not here right now, but, and everyone's going, who's not here today? They always tell me, I can't talk to people like you talk to people. But this person is the most friendly person I know. And it's like, yeah, but you have a better relationships with your neighbors than I do. You're more outgoing than I am. You have a greater level of communication than I do. What I need to do is follow you around, right? And let you open some doors, and I'll be happy to have a conversation if it arises. But I have a feeling what they really want is your friendship. What they really want is interaction with you that's genuine, that's real, that's concerned about them. And so you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be on, you know, top and on the edge of everything. You do want to know as much as you can. You want to grow in all these areas. But first and foremost, recognize you just need to be present. And that you don't have to have the answers to actually make a difference. When I worked at a music store some years ago, there was a a guy who worked with me. And for a period of time, this was back in the day, a lot of Christians would live in these Christian communes. It was kind of a thing back then where they'd get this community. They didn't last because you can feel, you can understand, you know, get enough people together. It's just going to be hard. But there would be these Christian communes and they'd all eat together and they would sit down. And one time they were sitting there together and they had a guest come and was staying with them for a few days. And they're all trying to share with this guy to get him to accept Jesus, right? And they're wanting him and they're like giving him this arguments and they're studying on all the questions that he had. And they're trying to, you know, have these debates with him. And one day sitting there and they're going to like pray and they're starting to pray and they start eating. And then one of the guys says, okay, I want to talk to you about... About this, And then one of the kids who was sitting across the table from him, he was a, a child with special needs, and he just says, oh, John, you don't know Jesus? He goes, oh, John, you need to know Jesus. You just need to know Jesus. And then he just started eating. And the guy started crying and accepted Jesus. And all these people are like, what just happened? What about all my knowledge? What about all my arguments? What about all the labor that I had? And this young person who just said, oh, you just need to know Jesus. And then we went back to eating, touched his heart. Right? And you hear something like that and you wonder, what is it? It's just a piece of the puzzle, a part of the community that's filling the need that needs to be met. And you have the gifting and the talent for something in your neighborhood, in your community. Think about the people sitting around you, next to you. Think about the diversity. Think about the talent. All right? Some people are good at... Writing. Some people are musicians. Some people are 
construction workers. Everyone has these different things. Think about your neighborhood, the people across the street, and all the things they do. Right? Again, some might work in construction. Some might be retired. Think of the garages and the treasures that are in all the garages in your neighborhood. There's junk too, right? If your garage is like mine, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. But think of some of the things that might be in some of those garages, the treasures that are there, just waiting to be discovered. It's like that antique show, right? I found this spoon and it was, you know, used by George Washington. You know, I mean, you just wonder what's there, what the potential is in all these places. And wouldn't it be an amazing thing to be able to uncover these treasures, to be able to bring them to light, to be able to really discover what's there in, in these people. And you find out some are veterans. You find out some used to be doctors. You find out the ver- various things that were part of their lives. And, and maybe the road to being neighbors and loving our neighborhoods and cities can begin like a treasure hunt where I'm just going to find out what is there. I'm going to find out who they are. I'm going to have dinner with them. Right? And I know some of you have done this already. I know Mary had a uh, neighborhood watch thing, and then she had like tea with the people, right? She's just out going and like all friendly. Again, those things cause anxiety attacks for me. They really do. It's like, oh, I don't know, you know, tea? I, I don't drink tea, right? But some people are good at that, and I need to be better at that. I need to grow in these things, and, and maybe prayerfully. It can open my eyes to see things that I've been blind to, my ears to hear what's going on, taking some risks to get to know others, giving of myself to be the servant, the minority, trying to affect the majority, to have a significant role in the future and the welfare, the peace and prosperity of my city, where I live. So we need to ask ourselves some questions. How seriously have you considered your street and neighborhood to be your mission field? You don't have to answer right now, but this is, again, one of the questions in the booklet, and these are the questions that struck me. Because the truth for me is not as much as it should. Again, I'm not an unfriendly guy. I don't ignore people and, you know, be mean to them. But I haven't really considered that to be a mission field like I think I should. And then what gifts, talents, and resources do you have that could contribute to the community treasure chest? Wait, that's not it. Where is it? I guess I don't have those questions. Sorry about that. You have to come to Thursday night and see. But let me repeat them. How seriously have you considered your street and neighborhood to be your mission field? 
And what gifts, talents, and resources do you have that can contribute to the community treasure chest? A while back, a couple of months ago, Adelia was at my house helping me with my air conditioner because it wasn't working. And while I was there up on the roof with Adelia, like doing nothing but trying not to, you know, make him do all the work and not seem grateful. I was up there and I saw my neighbor had his dog out front and the dog was running around crazy. And I thought, a dog, I'm a dog trainer, right? So I scurry down the ladder, you know, and I go and I just start talking to him about dogs and dog training. And he's training his dog to, you know, be a retriever for hunting and things like that. And it just broke into a conversation. And I just shared with him a little bit about dog training. Why? Because I can do that. You know, want to hear something funny? If I'm going to have a serious conversation with somebody, I don't start off with, hi, I'm a pastor. I start off with, hi, I'm a dog trainer. If I tell people I'm a pastor, it pretty much ends the conversation, right? It's pretty much, oh, that's nice, you know? And it's kind of like, yeah, I'm a cannibal. You want to come to eat lunch? You know, it's kind of, it just does not go well. But if I say I'm a dog trainer, oh, man, pretty soon I'm talking about their marriage, their kids. I'm talking about everything. And it's like, I'm just the dog trainer. It doesn't take a lot of knowledge In the right things, it takes what knowledge you have and you step into that and you would be amazed at how things can open up. What things concerning the kingdom are you passionate about? What things about the kingdom of God make you feel alive? Spark joy, to use that phrase. Connect you. In a way where you feel alive with the things that God is doing. What things spark that in you? And maybe you can start there with those things that you're passionate about. The things that really move you. The things that you have interest in. And maybe as you treasure hunt in your neighborhood, you might find something that fits perfectly with what incites you to the passion of God. Let's pray. Lord, I do pray that we would step out, Lord, me especially, my comfort zone. Lord, that I would be willing to grow in these areas of extending myself and that I would stop making all the excuses. Yeah, there are times where I'm busy and there are times where I don't have time, but there are times when I could make the time. And so help me to see my neighborhood differently. Help me to see the people I communicate with and work alongside differently. Help me to be a little bit more mindful of What is happening around me? The the treasures that are around me. Help me to be that neighbor. And Lord, I I pray that this would happen with us collectively as a, a community of faith. That we would take all these small opportunities and allow them to grow 
into relationships, into things that have an effect in our neighborhood, in the lives of the people around us, Lord, that we too would want to make peace and see our neighborhoods prosper. Because in doing that, Lord, something happens to us and we too prosper. We too grow. And Lord, that is what we desire is growth. Growth in our relationship with you and growth in our relationship with others. Lord, give us boldness, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. May your light so shine before the people around you that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. May you discover the treasures that live in your neighborhood. And may you grow in God's grace. God bless you guys. Remember Thursday, see you guys Thursday night. And next week is daylight savings or daylight losing time. We spring forward. We're losing hour. So if you don't want to be here late, be here on time. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.